Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Sequel Q&A. My name's Doug. So the next sequel that we're we'll covering is a nice action one in our action sequel expert. We have not seen in almost a year. Uh, Andrew, he's got the powers. He's going to be back. and We're going to be covering a Danny Trejo and Danny Glover flick. It is Badasses on the Bayou or Badasses 3. And, uh, yeah, pretty amazing. The movie started from that internet video when the guy knocked out the, the other guy in the bus and he said, you better call an ambulance. And then they made a movie starring Danny Trejo and then they made two more. We're covering the third one. And Ford, I interviewed actor. And when you listen to the interview, you'll say he should be a comedian now. Uh, and I'm talking about James Moses Black uh, he had a small role in this movie. We didn't really get too much into it, but uh, his big role, you can see it in theaters right now, or I'm sure pretty soon, whenever you're listening to it, it might be a video on demand by then. Uh, Renfield, starring Nicolas Cage, Nicholas Holt, and also James Moses Black. Uh, he plays the role of Captain Browning. He talked about a lot of the scenes he had with uh, one of my favorite improvisers, Ben Schwartz. So he had some... Uh, Great stories about working with him and riffing on set. But we also talked about like his comedy. You'll hear the stories about that. But my favorite part about that is when he mentions uh, what his beginnings, you know, opening up his story about uh, the Kings of Comedy tour in the early 90s and him uh, DJing for Bernie Mac, which is a pretty cool story. Um, yeah, lots of fun throughout this interview. I've been having a lot of fun the last few months. I think the doing this for so long... I've gotten used to it and just the people are so, so great. James is great. So do me a favor. Make sure you watch Renfield. Why not? Uh, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see it. I've had a chance with a little one teething. I haven't been able to get out at night with the missus, but soon I want to see it in the theater or when it's on demand, but uh, looking forward to that. And then what's really cool is uh, one thing he's wanted to do over the years is start to direct and write. So talk about some of the projects he ha he's worked on already and some that are on horizon, pretty interesting, the stories that he wants to tell. And, and I really appreciate him for, for that. And uh, we had some fun throughout the interview. I even made him laugh once. So do me a favor. I mentioned this before. I helped uh, the amazing character actor, Larry Hankin put together his memoirs. It's called that guy, a cautionary tale or memoir. I don't know why I always uh, interchange them, but it's on our website at sequelsonly.com, or I'm sure you use Amazon. You could buy it there. Uh, pretty cool. Larry gave me a dedication page on there. Pretty nice. Stories are phenomenal. Reading them after listening to them, hours of hours of editing them. When Larry, uh, uh, when I pulled them out of Larry, helped him remember uh, some of the stories from years back, doing stand up and opening for the likes of like Miles Davis and the Kingston Trio. So really cool stuff. So yeah, and uh, follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And now it's time for a hilarious chat. Lots of laughs throughout uh, with actor and. Hopefully, comedian. We talk about a bit that I think was so funny that he mentioned that I think would crush on stage. James Moses Black. I was just talking to somebody about Jersey. He's actually from uh, he's from AC in Jersey. I went to school with him. Oh, okay. And, uh, he's in and he's in Tucson. I said, "Man, do you miss like the snow?" And he's like, "No." But when he's in Tucson, so it's like 120 degrees in the summertime. So like, yeah, I know. It's like I don't know. I lived in Portland, Oregon for. Me and my wife are both from Jersey, and then we moved out to Portland just to get out of Jersey for a little bit. And right. we kind of missed the seasons, I guess. And then, you know, home always brings you back. So, yeah, yeah no doubt. No doubt, man. No so, how doubt. did it all begin for you? So, you grew up in Virginia, right? Yep. Grew up, uh, I was born in Virginia. Then my family moved to Philly. And then um, my parents moved to Pittsburgh. Oh, and nice. then, uh, and then they split. And then uh, my dad went to Cali. My mother went to back to Philly, and then back to Pittsburgh. And then it went off from there. <laughs> Where were you at mostly? Were you just bouncing around? Uh, I was bouncing around. My dad was in the yeah. Navy. I was in California uh, for a while there too. You know, so uh, in San Diego. So yeah, I was just bouncing around, man. You know, went to Wissahickon for like a, a couple years and. <laughs> Almost went to school in Philly, but I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. They always say Don Maddenly got recruited by, I forget what schools he got recruited by, but he was like, why would I go to school in like Indiana or whatever? He's like, if I'm going to go to college, I'm going to go to Miami because they both were trying to recruit right. him. He's like, why am I going to freeze my <laughs> yeah. ass off every year? Which totally, right. I get it. Like if I was an athlete, makes sense. I was choosing where I was going to school. I wonder why people go to, obviously they go to Alabama because they're good, but yeah, why freeze yeah. your ass off in Michigan? I'm telling you, man. I, and I'm like, I want to go to school, same school that Aaron Hernandez went to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a kid only watched the Super Bowl, doesn't know what really happened. And it's right, like, oh. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, so growing up in San Diego, and obviously bouncing around, at what point was it like acting was a, a thing that popped into your head? You're like, you know what? Let me try this. Well, I was always an entertainer, man. You know, even as a child, I, you know, I would dance for the family, do skits about James Brown and, and Sammy Davis Jr. And and so, so it was a, you know, it was like one of those things, man. It's, it, I was always an entertainer. And then, you know, after college, like I went to, I went to school on, you know, like someone else's dream. If you understand what I'm saying, like yeah. we needed a grad graduate, the first graduate in our hassle. So I, I, I said, I'll go to college. <laughs> and then uh, I did that. And then like, I don't know, man, 10 years, no, not even 10 years, probably. Yeah. About 10 years after college, I decided, yeah, this is not for me. I think I want to be an actor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and my mother was like, yo, you need to send me one more check before you have no money. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll, just, I'll do it. You know, don't worry about it, mom. We'll be all right. But yeah, that's how it started, man. So uh, yeah, corporate America, and then over to acting. I did go to school at ACT, uh, and um, in Northern California at San, San Francisco. So oh, nice. I went there for a while. Yeah, and then that was it, man. You know, I, I did some stand up when I was um, uh, yeah, probably in Minnesota. I did stand up, and now I really dig it. But I don't do it anymore. I, I, I just got off a cruise, like two weeks ago on the wonder of the seas, like Royal Caribbean wonder of the seas. Uh, and I woke up in the middle of the night, wandering around the seas. Cause it was like, yeah, this, this boat is too big, you know, oh my God. but there was, there was some karaoke. And I, I was watching all these people from all across the world. And I just, I did like 10 minutes of comedy just based on the people who just came on stage. And I That's killed awesome. the room. Yeah. I killed the room. And then they were like, can you do that again? I was like, no, that wasn't free. Uh, you know that no 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 more <laughs> you know so up in san francisco you were doing stand-up like is that yeah, like at was, that time you're doing the clubs up there yeah a little bit of clubs up there and then i uh, i did most of the stand-up in minneapolis in ohio and then when i got to school they're like listen you need to and the second time in school they're like listen james you need to just go to school don't do any stand and I don't know why they told me that because all of a sudden I'm doing stand up in class, you know, like just, you know, laughing and joking. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I actually did the first Kings of Comedy tour. I was the opener in Philly and Pittsburgh. And it was all the old comedians, man. Like Hell Bernie yeah. Mac. I saw Keith. it in the movie theater. James, I'll tell you right now, me and my buddy were the only two white people in the movie theater in Jersey. <laughs> and it was like two kids. We were in, uh, it was 2001, 2002, right? Around that uh, time? Yep, yep, yep. And that, yep. yeah, uh, so no. I was like 14. 91, 92. It was, actually, it was like 91, Oh, that was, the, that was the early one. Okay, I was talking about the uh, one yeah. in the theater, the movie theater, yeah. uh, the one that was in the movies, that one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. The first one, they were actually touring, like Russell Simmons had put together the tour. Oh, that's for, amazing. And they were touring around, but yeah, I, I met all those cats, man. <sighs> Just, it's crazy, man. Bernie crazy. Mac and the Bernie Mac pants, man, with his face on them. <laughs> and the long suit he used to have, like the suit yeah. jacket was like six feet long and he was like 5'11 or something. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man, him, DL was on tour. Yeah. Bunch of people on tour, man. Yeah. No, no, those old Def Comedy Jams, it's so cool when you watch those. I have like the best yeah. of like the first five volumes, but it's cool when you see Bernie Mac. Like he was always funny. But then he like found right. his voice and his voice yeah. is when he was telling him to play the music and he was dancing and then saying to Joe, oh, yeah. turn it off. Yeah. Right. Right. He did a, he did a, uh, I hear that me. So in the middle, when I was opening, I would also, I was a DJ. So I would DJ Bernie Mac set. Like, so, and then he had this, he had to do, 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 
he'd do that, right? And and so he was he was cracking these jokes, man. And I'm laughing. I'm, he's cracking the jokes. I'm laughing. The, the record skips, and he just gives me this look, like MF. If you don't stop laughing and just play my music, you know, in his in his Bernie Mac voice, jam. I'm but you're here. You do it again, Bumble. Hit you in the head. Do it again, okay? Do it again, Jane. You know. But yeah, man, he was a funny dude, man. I was uh, him and Robin Harris, just like yo, it's funny cats, man. Man, that's so cool that you had that experience. So you were doing so after so you were doing that, and then somebody said, "Hey, lay off comedy, just stick to acting." Uh, yeah, the late great Robert Guillaume told me that. He was like, "Yo, man, I I met him in the early two thousands when I moved to Cali or moved to Los Angeles." And uh, he had told me, he said, man, it's great that you do that, but don't be a buffoon, right? Don't be a buffoon comedy. There's smart comedy, because, you know, he did Soap, Benson, he did all these famous yeah. um, comedies, but they were smart. There was no buffoonery in there. And I kind of got, got me out of that lane, because it was, it was you know, when, when those type of comics came up, they would tell stories with their bodies, you know? They would tell all these stories with their bodies. And some comics do it now. And he's like, yeah, James, you just got to watch the buffoonery because that's not, it's not going to get you anywhere. So I'm stuck. And then I kind of drifted off into like more dramatic stuff. And, uh, and now, you know, I'm doing a comedy called Renfield. I'm like, what the heck is yeah. going on with my career? You know what I'm saying? And I'm doing it with, a, with, with Dracula. I'm doing yeah. comedy with Dracula and his boy of 900 years. And <laughs> you don't this is funny <laughs> but it is funny but uh and then you know just to deal with a cat named ben schwartz ben schwartz is a really funny guy oh man. yeah I mean, dude, I, he's really yeah the, and then even the other people that are in the movie and like le, like lesser roles like carolyn uh carolyn williams yeah and yep, william carolyn. ragsdale so they have like these yep. cool like horror icons from the 80s that are like put into the movie which is cool right right and and, and again I, I didn't get to stretch out like i mean he when I saw the movie, I was like, yo, Chris McKay cut a whole bunch of stuff out of the movie. Because we were doing a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, between myself, Ben Swartz, and and sometimes uh, Aquafina, man. It, ah, she's we, funny. Bro, bro, we could not hold it together half the time. So, uh, so yeah, but a lot of that stuff got cut out. But it, it still ended up funny to me. It's a funny movie to me. Yeah, no, that's really cool. That must have been, it's like a big movie. And, and big movie for, obviously, you and for... Nick Cage, because he hasn't done a studio wide release picture. Yeah, I think he while, did that. Right? Yeah, he did that one where he was, uh, he's playing himself. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, with Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but that was his first release, like big, big release, you know, because he had been doing all the B movies, I guess, just to, you know, you know, catch up from, you know, before. So, yeah, but, he, you know, cool dudes. Everybody has their idiosyncrasies, man, you know? Yeah, you just gotta say, all right, I'm gonna let him just do that, and I'm just go over here, you know. Right. Yeah. Go, you know. I was telling uh, Chris McKay, I was like, man, I really don't do horror movies. They like, babe, come on, James, just do the movie. I was like, man, I really don't do horror movies, man. I ain't got, I don't want nothing to do with Satan. <laughs> yeah. I'm cool, man. I'm cool with Satan. And I was like, can you can you split me from the evil? Can you like have evil over here and me over here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, because he was like, dude, it's not like that. I was like, all right. And it ended up being cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And then, so so going back to, like, the acting, the beginnings of it. So what was your, you, you were going to acting school in San Fran. So, like, what was uh -huh. the first step? Like, was it going right into auditioning for TV movies? Or were you doing any commercials? Or Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, if you look it up, man, maybe you'll get some time. I did a, I did a commercial. It's called, it was from Vegas.com. Remember Vegas.com had these yeah. string, string of commercials and people would appear in a pool, people would go down something and all of a sudden they'd be in Vegas. Well, I did the one where the construction worker went through a, a cement twirler and I ended up on the stage with the uh, Chippendale dancers. <laughs> and uh, that, man, that was, that was the funniest commercial ever, bro. It was the funniest commercial ever. And uh, and they aired it last because the, the first couple of them weren't taken off. But when they aired this one, I mean, I think I got paid for like five or six years off of that commercial. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Ask me what that money is now. I don't know. <laughs> That's when commercials paid really good, like 90s, 2000s, yeah. even 80s. When I was talking to Ooh. 
I talked to an actress that who was the final girl in Friday the 13th part five. She got paid more to do like a Dr. Pepper commercial in like 1981. than she got paid in like 85 for like a yeah. main person in a horror movie, which is mind blowing. Yeah. It's crazy, man. How much money they used to make on commercials, man. But you know, I, I know a couple cats make you like stupid money on commercials, but yeah. And that's them, you know? Yeah. Right. That's them. That's them. <laughs> So, so looking at the your IMDb, it's never 100%. So your first roles, 2003, the Orlando Jones show and the yep. district, those two? Uh, uh, the Gilmore Girls was probably my first one. The Gilmore cool. Girls with Amy Pall- Palladino. Nice. Uh, that was probably my first show. And I was like, I'm, I remember sitting on Warner Brothers a lot. And I said, man, I made it. Like, And then I didn't work again for like five months. I was like, shoot, I didn't make it yet. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't make it yet. I made it here, but that's all I made it to. You know what I'm saying? But um, and then she brought me back on a different episode a couple years later. So her, uh, the woman from Sherry, that's Sherry's last name, but she's she's a Bostonian. Uh, she, her and Sherry and Wendy O'Brien were always like championing me. Like Wendy does um, Sunny in Philadelphia, oh, nice. Sons of Anarchy when it was out. So th- between those women, they would always champion what I was doing. So that was cool. That's awesome. It always is big when I talk to casting directors, they have their go-to people. And if you ever look mm-hmm. at their movies on IMDb, you look at a casting director, there's always like, not the main actors, but there's always like the other people. It's right. like a lot of the same people. This one lady I interviewed, she had Stanley Tucci in like five movies in a row. Like within like his first like two years acting, he was like construction worker or random, like random guy and stuff like that. But you need your people you can yeah. trust. That's the one last, right. you don't want to have to worry about the other person in the scene that's the last thing you right. worry about right right absolutely man i know people call me and then now that they'll, they'll call the agent and i'm like hey can james i i, I just did a movie it's called you people it was eddie murphy it's all oh yeah people. yeah jonah hill yeah Tons. jonah hill oh yes man we got i got to set and eddie had like seven suvs full of people <sighs> i was like how many you know, it's just all his people, right? Not not his, his people that work for him, Big Fruity and all of them. And uh, like, how would how would you like your name to be Big Big Fruity? And Big Fruity is a big dude, man. His name is Big Fruity. Big Fruity, a big dude, man. But I wouldn't. I would say, can we drop the fruity part? You know, just Big Fruity. Uh, just call me Big or something. You know, but don't call me Big Fruity. Um, <laughs> so I, they called me for that, man, and uh, and then. I got the part and they, I was shooting Renfield and I told them, yo man, shouldn't I have an argument with this other guy, the Jewish guy, and he should argue with the black dude. And oh, James, don't worry about it. So I said, okay, are you sure? Cause I'm leaving, I'm gonna go back to New Orleans. Oh, James, you're good. Yeah, next day I'm at the airport. They're like, hey, James, we forgot to shoot that one scene. And I go, hey man, I'm on the way to uh, Renfield, sorry. And that was it. <laughs> Uh, and then if you watch the movie like the dude that iman at the end is different from me when i in, in the movie but yeah. oh you see yeah. you earlier in like a and like a behind shot or something oh my god yeah yep yeah yeah but you know i got paid like i was an all-star or something i was like y'all give away this much this netflix deal is something else yeah you know Jeez. So, it's so funny yeah. how many times that probably happens in movies like that happened in aliens James Remar got casted for Michael Bean because James mm-hmm. Remar got busted for drugs in London. So they had to yeah. like recast him. But he they they some scenes they just couldn't reshoot. So you see him randomly in these scenes, like James Remar. You just see him mm-hmm. leading the battalion. Like it's funny, it's funny how that happens in movies, yes. but it's gotta happen. Yeah, People man. have things come up, or in your case, like, hey, I gotta go to another shoot. Yeah, do this, or you end up punching somebody and then man. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And now, now you're out. Yeah, yeah. It's like I like Jonathan Majors. Couldn't you punch the dude or something? Oh, yeah. Don't you know nobody hits women, but nobody does that. Oh. And I and you're on the two. I looked at how much his two movies made together was like eight hundred million. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You could at least made it to you were forty, R. Kelly. I mean, come on, bro. Just, he was gonna be that next guy. There were so many oh, movies my that goodness. he was gonna be. I think the main person in the next Marvel in the big Mar and then like the big uh, Avengers movie, yeah. he was supposed right, to be like right. the main thing. Right. Now he's left, you know, now he's like a raccoon or something. I don't know. 
But it's just like it's just sad that these young cats, man. You know, they 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 they're really good at their craft, but that's the business, the the psycho the psychology of the business, and the and the and people just pulling at you and tugging at you is what some people just it's hard for them, man. You know, because yeah. uh, it's it's just hard. Sorry, you're making man. a lot of money. You're in the spotlight and you have so many family members. It happens to athletes all the time. If you ever watched right. uh, that, uh, I think it was called Money or Broke on ESPN. It was a documentary. There's all these athletes that I grew up loving and watching, like Antoine Walker. Like, wow, this guy's uh, probably like doing great. It's like, oh, yeah, he lost all his money. His like business yeah. associate was his cousin and he was taking money from him. And then. So it's, it's crazy, man. It's just crazy. Meanwhile, me, I ain't did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could call me anytime. You don't want to call you? Never. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm James, dead. when it when it came to like, like obviously you're from there. I know you're like they didn't call me. I didn't get called for five months. But then you have like the practice, King of Queens. There's like a bunch that happened in 2004. What was like the role or the show you're on or the movie you're in when you were like? Because obviously you wanted to do this. Like you said, when you were like 32, 33, you're like, this is something I want to do. Well, right, what, right. what was the one that you're like, I can do this? Was there like a role or a movie you were in that you're like, you know what? I can do this for the rest of my life. No, I just, I, I, I'm, I've always been a very confident and grateful person. So um, without any nets, like anything I've ever taken on, whether it was corporate America, whether it was selling clothes, whether it was selling, I, I, I took it on as a interest, right? Not as a forever all, okay. right? So this was never a forever all because I could pivot any type of way I wanted to pivot. It just depended on what I like. And so now my new pivot is still in the business, but it's doing a lot more writing and, nice. and stuff like that. And, and so, yeah, I, I there wasn't a... I, I, you know, what got me was like going against, you know, other celebrities, you know, that's when you say, okay, you got to put the nerves away and go to work, you know what I mean? And one day I was with Jimmy Smith and, um, oh, yeah. yeah, we were doing, uh, legacy, the, the new Jack Bauer thing. Oh yeah. yeah with Corey yeah. Hawkins. Yes. And I, I walk up to him, you know, I'm trying to be cool. Right. I said, Hey man, I'm James. He's like, dude, I know who you are. I was like, well, get me a plate. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> so it's those type of things that make you feel like, all right, you're, you're part of it. People know you. You don't have to introduce yourself to everybody because everybody pretty much, you know, who you work with is going to know you. Yeah, it's such a tight-knit community. You know, there's only X right. amount of actors that are doing it. I guess when you're right, going right. in auditions, you're thinking like it's a big pool of people, but it's really mm -hmm. not as big as you think. So. That's great that he said that. That he, oh, I know who you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, I know who you are, man. I was like, oh, well, let me get them ribs and that that piece of pilaf salad over there. Bring that to me. No, there's a, I didn't do that. <laughs> but that was a big yeah. thing for you. That was, uh, you know, that yeah, was huge. six, seven episodes, right? That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that was huge, man. I thought it was gonna keep going, uh, and then I realized, uh, uh, oh, black people don't last in movies or TV. <laughs> <laughs> We die all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? I was like, what in the world? But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was going to come back, but I think they just, they have, the audience was so stuck on the original Jack Bauer uh, that Corey Hawkins didn't stand a chance. Yeah. You know, yeah. How's that How's that conversation happen? Do they call your agent or do they pull you in and say, so this week's script, you're going to die? No. Mm -mm. They say, here's your last check. Enjoy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to give me no explanation, man. Just give me the check. I'm out, bro. I'm out. Somebody asked me the other day, bro. They said, James, what's uh, what's the next thing you got coming down the tubes? I said, money. <laughs> That's about it. I don't. I don't. I can't forecast anything else, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was it. But it's a funny conversation to have. Like as an actor, I talked to uh, Jason Kravitz when he was on the practice, and he got mm -hmm. shot up in an episode. He was like the assistant DA. He gets murdered by some like uh, gangster, like mafia guy, and like right. like a machine gun. And he told me he got like the call from uh, God. Who was the guy that wrote that show? I think he's married to Michelle Pfeiffer. I always forget his name. But oh yeah, 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 yeah. So he yeah. called him, and he goes, 
Jason. And he's like, who is this? And he said his, said his name. And he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, he David, Kelly. David, David, David Kelly. David yeah. Kelly, yeah. So he goes, yeah. David Kelly, he never calls the actors. So he's like, <laughs> shit, what's going to happen? And he had to like break it down to him. And then he was like, oh, my God. But he did get to make, he kissed Laura Flynn Boyle while he was dying. So he said uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I I was close to kissing Laura Flynn Boyle. I was uh, like, oh, uh, in that, yeah, in the practice when you're on that, and the practice, yeah, 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 man, she was fine. And I haven't seen her in a long time, though, man. I yeah, I don't know if she time. acts. I really, I just remember her as the way she looked in the '90s, like Twin Peaks, and the practice. Right, right. That's really it. She never yep. her Wayne's World. Yeah, I don't know why she's yeah. around. Yeah, I don't know what happened to her, man. So. Maybe some people just yeah. get out of it. They're just like, yeah. 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 It's like, uh, what's her name? Uh, from, um, I saw her on uh, Jim, uh, James Corbin the other night, Sharon, Sharon Stone. She's like, oh, I'm going to be an artist. She started painting. You know, she does wow. all these paintings now. So, I mean, she'll, she'll listen, she'll still take that money if it's right. You oh, know? sure. Yeah. All right. But, but she's like, oh, I'll be a painter now, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, so you mentioned, like, obviously the people are championing you at FX because you could see it. You're on uh-huh. It's Always Sunny, Sons of Anger. Legit was a FX show. Mm-hmm. So you bunch of them Yeah, Sean Bean uh, did a show that they didn't call Legends. I was on that. Oh, and yeah. Recently, FX did, uh, you know, Snowfall's ending tonight on that. Uh you know, the boys from sunny in Philadelphia yep. that, you know, so yeah, they, they, they like me over at FX. I wish, uh, Apple, Apple TV, like me. Apple TV pay a whole lot of money. Really? More than Netflix. Oh, it's ridiculous with it. Now you, again, here's the whole problem because it's going to be a strike. There's no, there's no residuals from streaming. And so that's why we're about to strike because there's no, really? you know, there's no, residual. no residuals. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, when Will Smith got that $30 million uh, for Bright, that's all he got. That's all but, he got. <laughs> $30 million. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude. I'd take that same offer, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. $30 million. <laughs> Let me get that. Oh, that's then interesting. I might like, that's interesting. No residuals from that. Yeah, yeah. But now that's now we're May 1st is the deadline. And, um, and then we're gonna they're gonna go on strike, man. It's gonna be the WGA first, the Writers Guild, and then it'll probably be the Directors Guild, and then it'll probably be the actors. I just hope it doesn't go really long, man, you know? Yeah. I don't wanna have to get my Uber license back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them do go a while. I remember the writer's strike. I remember like a there was one writer's strike, I don't know if it was the nineties or it was like for a long time because I remember like SNL was on a writer's strike. So it was like right. the yeah. cast members are writing it and like some right. movies. I forgot what movies came out, but around that time. But uh, that's interesting, man. That's good that you guys are banding together and doing that. Because yeah. You're be pocketing the money because people are watching. I don't know if people are still watching Bright. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but Will Smith still got that $30 million. Yeah, you he know. Did. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Man. I, we were talking the other day about just residuals and it's like I did a show in Mexico for a month, you know, made some money and then that's it. Nothing else. You know, they don't have to pay. They can use your likeness forever and they don't have to pay. So, and that industry is like a $200 billion industry. Yeah. $200 billion. And you don't give up any residuals? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. That's how people, that's how actors live when they're done. I helped an actor write a book, this guy, Larry Hankin. And that's like what he lives on, obviously social security and whatever he got from being in the the union for all those years, but he's living yeah. off people watching, you know, the, the things he was in. So. Yeah. That's, that's where my money comes from. A lot of my money comes from residuals. Um, I mean, not a lot of it, but you know, a substantial amount where I go, okay, 
maybe I don't have to work this month. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, residuals, man. Uh, residuals, man. You know, that's how we live. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you then there was like a bunch of the network shows like Grey's Anatomy, Criminal Minds. So is there? Mm-hmm. I love your whole mindset because it's really just whatever the opportunity is. That's right. that's what it is. It's not like, but but it seems like you you wanted to do more drama, right? That's like what your focus is on roles. Yeah, yeah. Initially, initially uh, I wanted to do more drama because I just didn't, you know, I wanted to fall into something as relatable as possible. Yeah. That was the whole thing for me. And then later on, I'm like, and I'm, I'm a really funny dude. And you I'm not just saying really it funny. My, yeah. Yeah. Funny, funny dude, man. And then I started realizing once like, like Abbott elementary came out some other shows came out. I was like, okay, people watch comedies and you know, and, and so I, now I'm telling them, look, man, if, if we can get on a comedy, 30, 30, 30 minute comedy, I'm, I'm down, I'm down or a movie, but you know, I, I'm that flexible. I just never, made mention of it that i was that flexible and then people like dude you're funny i was like yeah i'm also black make the make the correlation here i don't know what the heck you're talking about you know what i'm saying just just to say it out the blue boy you're funny i'm like yeah boy i'm black too i don't know i don't understand the relationship you know yeah but yeah no 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 you are definitely funny especially you're just that the background of like opening up for them and just the yep. fact that you just even just for fun, you were riffing for 10 minutes on what people were wearing on a cruise ship and like, yeah, right. And killing the room, man. And, you know, it was just fun. It was just fun, man. So, and that's where the, all the improv comes in and what you do on shows and, and movies really, but not, not TV shows. But yeah, I, you know, I get, I get why people laugh because they're tired of screaming and crying all the time. Yeah, I get why people laugh. People people don't want to say the obvious, right? Which you could just leave that up to me on a cruise ship, right? Uh, Let me say the obvious, and it's nothing to tear anybody down. It's like I know earthquakes does this. Earthquake says these ain't jokes. Like that's his punchline. These ain't jokes. That's I was like these ain't jokes. This actually just so it's cool. It's cool. No, I think I think in improv too, like no matter what comedians can be funny, but when you can sort of tell people are coming up with it in the moment. I don't know why mm-hmm. to me, it fi- I find it so much funnier. Like Ben Schwartz is a big improv guy and like, yeah, just, yeah. Cause he's, he came out of New York. I think he grew up in New York or Long Island. He's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah. So you guys riffed yeah, on that yeah. movie a lot. They let you do that. Oh, God. Yeah, man. They let us go at each other and we weren't really going at each other. Yeah. We were just supporting each other and brother. It, it, it was so funny, man. He, he is a funny dude. Yeah. Uh, and then we he would say stuff and then we would just go back and forth. And I know Chris McKay was like, this is gold, but I'm going to cut it out the movie. And I was like, yeah. You know. Get that on a DVD, yeah. man. Deleted scenes. Hopefully they have uh, something yeah, like that, special man. features. Yeah, someone else said that. Like, yo, you should get the, the DVD when it comes out. I, yeah, I probably will, you know. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. Dude, do most directors let you riff? Like in movies, even drama? If you're in a dramatic role, do they say, James, how do you want to uh, yeah. try to say this line? In, or In movies, it's fluid because it's fluid, right? You, 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 you're not stumbling because of a line. You're really, you're really getting engaged because of what you just heard from someone. And even though you know your line, your line, the, the script is all there, your reactions can be different with different, but with the same intention, but with different words. So you know, that way, that way it could be go, it could become, he's over there, right? It's the same thing, but there's more, you know, what you're connected to in terms of the reaction, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of times films, like if you take a script from a film and you take the original script and you watch the film, I, I'm 99% sure that everything written is not what's in the movie. Yeah, about yeah. changed it up, and you know, <laughs> you know I re- and I remember my first experience with that. I was seeing the movie with Dave Davies, and he kept he was all over the place. I said, I, mean, I didn't say cut because I'm not the director, but I said, hold up, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> when do I say my that? line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, what? And, and then I like James riffing. I was like, oh, okay, is that what you call it when you're off? When you're on page 39 and I'm on page four. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So 
that'd be hard to keep up. You know, like somebody you're like waiting for them to finish, like say a certain keyword that, you know, like, okay, now it's my turn to say the next line. Right. And he's not yeah. saying that line. You're like, well, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's when you get like a cuss word, you know, cause you, you know, I don't know what you got. And then you just say something crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You say something crazy, man. But yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. No, no, it's good. I always, for some reason, when it comes to like drama movies, I feel like for them, it like every word like matters. But that's cool that they let mm-hmm. you riff because then there's actually like something in the moment. So you can actually evoke like the actual emotion you feel. Obviously, you're feeling a certain person thing about your character and the scene and who your scene partner mm-hmm. is. That's pretty cool that they let you put something into it. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin and others like him are the only people who really say, I wrote it this way, I want it to be said that way. And, and movies. Yeah. Uh, and TV, and TV, you got to stick to it because it, TV is more of a, it's scripted, it's timed, it's go. Yeah. And so you don't get much time to, to do, you know, maybe you can end it on something, but there's not a lot of time to go back and forth. Do you, what do you TV. like working on better? If you had like a choice of like for the rest of like just TV, just movies, is there one you prefer? Yeah, a cruise boat. No, I'm a just, cruise uh, boat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would. I would prefer film, man. But you know, it's a. So I read an article the other day. It says we're in the post era of films. And I go, wow, that's deep. You know that we're in a post era of film. And I mean, I think they meant like going to the movie theater and yeah. stuff like that. So we're in this post era. So yeah, I, I love film, man. Uh, TV. Listen, uh, listen. TV is cool. Because you get you get paid, but you know it's not always a guarantee. Yeah, no, that's and then, true. And yeah, and then you make a movie like Amsterdam or whatever that movie was, or Babylon, and then you spend all this money and you don't make nothing. It's so <laughs> funny. There, there are two wor- two movies. That one word. I haven't seen both of them yet, but the mm. reviews are the same about both movies. Like all over the place. So yeah. What, what what is this? I, I and Margot Robbie's in both of them, which I think is so funny. Yeah, yeah. She came off Suicide Squad and just like I thought she was gonna be next level, and then she did a couple of movies. She did Hollywood. What's it? What is it? The, something Hollywood. The Once Quentin upon Tarantino. a time in Hollywood. Yeah, she played Sharon yeah. Tate, right? Sharon Tate. Yeah. yeah. She did well in that, but then she went two back backwards. Like, okay. Yeah. But you know. She's still working. Somebody's gonna call her. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But no, but I, I, I can see that when it comes to like film, like like movie theater wise. But it's you know what's so funny? Like movies will come out and they'll be three hours long, and people will be like, "Holy shit, I got to sit in the movie theater for three hours." But then the same person will sit there and stream eight one hour episodes of a show back to back to back. Right, to back. right, right. So funny, like yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know which way we're headed in this whole media. I, I don't know. We got, we got you know, Instagram stars, Facebook stars, you know, we got. But, I you know, the good thing I think is, is that it's opening up people's imagination to what can happen, what they can do. You know, they don't have to be so structured in life or depend on working for someone else the rest of their lives. You know, but if that's your thing, that's your thing. But I think the option of having sort of confidence in something else that you want to do and you go do it that's that's the real that's the real right there yeah no people can create youtube instagram tiktok yeah there's people like a tv series off of being on tiktok or getting movie roles just because of how many followers they have because person making the movie is like you know what maybe the people that follow the 10 million followers will see them in this movie but no it's definitely an interesting time and so many streaming services give actors more opportunities and then which is a good thing you know more content is good for yourself and other creators so that's good right right yeah and then so I, uh, writing more- you wrote down uh I, I was looking on your uh imdb and i know those things aren't usually written by the actor or like the mm-hmm. but it, uh it said you're gonna get and you mentioned before about writing but directing and writing is something you want to get mm-hmm. into Nice. Yeah, I'm, I actually got just got a film into uh, Dave Brown and Jamie Foxx's Indie Nights here in L.A. Oh, cool. Uh, and then I, I'm shooting a, a movie with my nephew who's in I'm Ain't Too Proud, The Temptation Story. He plays Melvin Franklin, one that's traveling around. Oh, so we're okay. going to do a story. going to do a story. Uh, I wrote a story about Nat King Cole 
1930 in Birmingham, 1956 in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, getting attacked on stage. Oh my God. So, uh, yeah, man, it's called An Unforgettable Night. Very cool. Yeah. 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 So that's the type of stuff, man. No, that's cool. No, it's cool. Even if you, even this year alone, how many biopics are coming out of people that need their stories uh, told? Like the George Foreman movie that's coming out, which I didn't even know was coming out of him, like when he was older and he was like not fighting for 10 years, he came out of retirement. Uh, Sweetwater, who was on the Knicks, which is like Uh a very cool story that, uh, no, but that'd be pretty cool. So where yeah, are you going to shoot yeah. that? Are you going to shoot that there? Or are you going to go shoot it right? I'm going to shoot it in LA, Sweet. and I'm going to take some outtakes of in Alabama of the auditorium. Some outtakes because uh, yeah. I have to teach a kids kids class down there in June. Uh, so uh, we take some outtakes and, and and just go from there, man. But it's all I wrote it in a way that it's called it, it's it's one in a series called POV Point of View, and so. It, you know, I'm having six interviews, but these people are actually in the audience. But that's all you focus on. You, you get their reaction to what's going on. And then the, the before and the after attack reaction. And then the story in the middle. So it should be pretty cool. Pretty nice. Cool. How long is it going to be? Like a feature? Yeah, 30 minutes. 30 cool. minutes. I'm going to do like 30, 30, 30, 33 minutes. Just in case, you know, you know, during um uh, the 28 days of Black History Month, somebody called me and said, hey, can we put this on a network? <laughs> That's crazy. Black History Month. You know, Black History Month is not like an ordinary month. It's only 28 days. <laughs> I know. It's so, it's so stupid. Like, yeah, and they only get, like, Mexican people single the mile. They get one day. That's it. St. Patty's Day, they get one day. I'm like, you guys are crazy with this. You know, month, yeah, man, just celebrate people, man. Be cool with that. Why? Why was it February? I have no idea because it was a, it was it, it was, was the, the shortest month. month. <laughs> and then as soon as the calendar turns, and then it's then it's like Women's History Month that gets thirty one. Yeah, yeah thirty one. Like, come on, you guys are killing me with this. Come on, only twenty eight days, and you have that old white guy in the back, and he's like, "Well, some years you get twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you got to take out Valentine's Day and President's Day. So now we're down yeah. to 27. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, that'd be funny. a good bet. That'd be a real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But no, that's pretty cool. You're going to shoot. That's great, man. What made you yeah. want to do that? Just being on set and just, no, just watching what just they're telling doing? History. I'm just telling history, uh, facts of history that people don't know about, you know, yeah. things that happen. I'm, I, I'm so tired of. I'm so tired of the slave narrative. Um, yeah, everybody knows about slavery. Every everybody, but there were some things in between 1863 and now. Oh, and it <laughs> happened. That changed trajectories. So you know, you got to tell those stories. You know, and it's not always about getting off the Santa Maria, the Pinto, and the other one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's not always about that. But there's some other stories out there that are that are you know that that had an impact on history that people just don't they haven't told yet. So that's my. No, they my they should do that because how many movies can you have about Hitler? How many movies can you have about World War II? Or it's getting to the yeah. point that you're like, how many times can I see the same thing about Hitler? Right, right. How how many times? You know what I mean? Yeah. So we get it. He kills himself. You know, like we get the end of the story. We've seen this right. before. Right, you're right. Those right. other people that you don't know that I, I wouldn't have known that he got ca- like attacked on stage. And there's probably so mm-hmm. many other creators like they need to get another Jimi Hendrix movie. I don't know if you saw there's two yeah. Jimi Hendrix movies that came out in the last like 20 there's, years. Yeah, there's uh, one with Wood, Har- Wood Harris and then the other. I love that one. Thousand to them. Yeah. yeah. Wood there's Harris one. I love so much. Vivica Fox was in that, which is pretty cool because mm-hmm. at that point she was like huge she's one of those people i think is so good so i feel like she just falls in love with the script because that movie there's really not that many people in the movie that are big at that time like wood harris was sort of big i guess because right after remember titans was like a few years before but god i love that movie that's a good one yeah 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 like stories about the like other like you said like it should not just be those other points in history like people learn that in school like you learn that every year for how many years like tell the other stories about the other the other people that were influential in rock and roll and music right and acting right. like 
Sydney Poitier movie. Why don't they do that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, is it people don't know that there was a integrated, there was a hotel in uh, Las Vegas, which is my the last story. I'm, uh, well, it's already written, uh, but it's called I call it Fifty Five, and it was about the first integrated hotel and casino in America that opened in Las Vegas in nineteen fifty five. And there's a, there's another story to it, um, but it opened on the northwest side, which was a predominantly black area. And people don't know that you know they know the story that blacks could play at the you know frontier and the dunes, but they couldn't stay there, so they had to go to the west side. Then this Jewish cat Schwartz opened this this casino. Uh, and hotel, and it was, it was at the time it would cost three three million dollars to make or to build, which is equivalent of now about eight hundred million. And it, it was the it was the toast of the town because you know blacks, whites, whoever, all the people could go there. And then it shut down the strip at night because everybody was headed over there, and it only <laughs> opened in its original form for six months. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I I took I went to Vegas last year and took some pictures of it. The site where it was at it's just huge it was like huge site wow. and then it's, it, because it's a historical landmark they just have the site now and then the the old marquee of the place so it was called the moulin rouge yeah oh my so god that's the story why, why did it only last six months uh well remember in, in the 50s 40s you know just the the las vegas is pretty much controlled by the mob no yeah so yeah. So they got kind of angry at him being over there. I, this is this is what I gathered, and he the they started calling in some of the markers. You know, his place wasn't this, and his place wasn't that because it closed overnight. It closed overnight. They went to work the next day, and the chain, the door was chained. Oh my god! Yeah, man. Join Jim Crow, man. So yeah, those are the those are the stories. Yeah, that, that needs to be told. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So so. So back to back to the acting, but that's so fascinating that you're doing that. Like I think I think directing and writing. Some people do it right from from college, like that's all they do. Like they're, hey, I want to be a writer, I want to be a director. But I think it's so cool when you actually do the acting for so long because then you know mm. what the people that you're directing or, you know, like you've done the you've done the job before. So that's that's pretty right. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you have people in the industry that can help you too, you know, that is true. and stuff like that. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, Jimmy, hey, Jimmy Schmidt, remember when you said you knew me? I need <laughs> yeah, you. I need yeah. you for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get the Hollywood shuffle and they're like, okay, we're going to figure out where we're at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in like, because uh, we, we cover mostly sequels. So you're in a bunch of cool sequels, like uh, Badasses on the Bayou, that one. Yeah. Bet yeah, we- it was says Trejo, Danny Trejo. It yeah. was cool. It was yeah, it's cool. I mean, like I, you know, for yeah. me, man, it's like who do I get to work with first, and then mm-hmm. how much do you pay me second? Uh, and now it's now it's how much do you pay me first, and I don't kill girls on the set. You know, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Danny Trejo was good. And plus, he lived in Venice, and I used to live in Venice, and I used to see him around. So you know, nice. I think yeah. it's so wild that those well, movies. Yeah all spawned from that internet video of that old guy knocking out the guy on the bus. That's what those uh-huh. movies are fun. The guy that knocked the guy out and said, you better call an ambulance because he couldn't yeah. say the word ambulance. And then they made yeah. three movies that, from that. And I think even that in that one, is that the one that Danny Glover's in? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Danny Glover's in it. Oh Danny Glover. God, yeah. <laughs> and then there's like Joe Dirt 2 you were in. Uh, yeah. Logan. So like there's yeah. some cool movies that you worked on over the years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say about Joe Dirt 2, so I, I just will say that. It's well, called Joe Dirt 2 is pretty much Joe Dirt 1. It's the same movie. <laughs> and I love Joe Dirt 1 because it's so ridiculous. I love David Spade. But when that oh, sequel yeah. came out, I was like, this would be cool, another movie. But it's the same right, movie. Right. The same the exact same movie. movie. Except they added uh, Watkins in, in it. Uh, what's his name? Watkins. Um, you know, I'm like... Walkins. Oh, Christopher Walken. Uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can add him to anything, and then it, okay, you don't know if you're doing yeah. funny or serious, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, man, uh, James, it's been great. One thing I have to say is, uh, dude, you really have to do stand up. You need like right tonight, go up at the store, and just crush yeah. it, and then people will be talking about you tomorrow. You're just you're riffing and just like infectious smile, like. 
it really, dude, that's especially doing it on a cruise ship and yeah. just randomly doing it. And then boom, quick 10 yeah. to people that obviously karaoke was going on and people are drinking. So they're a little juiced up, but to change the whole thing of listening to, I don't know, don't, don't stop believing over and over again, whatever they were singing there, but like, and then you come up and do that and you can captivate yeah. an audience. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, I had fun. That was fun. That was probably the highlight of the trip. And uh, I, it, it kind of took the edge off uh, from uh, jumping overboard. Uh, but you didn't uh, like it. Yeah, you don't like being on a cruise yeah, ship. Seven days. Seven. I don't like the. I don't like the look of them. Whenever they show the commercials, like the Disney one, my yeah. daughter, she's four. We took her to Disney like two years ago. She's like, Dad, can we go on that? And I just see it, and it's like to me, it's so it's too big. I don't know how yeah. it floats in my head. I can't think of how it floats. And it's just, I don't know. Same thing I said, man. It's like 200 tons and it's floating. Meanwhile, if I jump over the, the railing, I'm going to go straight to the bottom. So I, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Plus, it's, a, it's, it's like a, a big ship with like 10 Petri dishes on board. Oh, you know, know. I like Ugh. 10 pools. They're like, ah, I'm good, man. Yeah. Good. Even before COVID, yeah. there was like, there was like well, at least once or twice a year, they have like a ship that nobody wants to take because everybody's <laughs> sick on board. That'd be my luck. I'd be like living on that thing, eating the same disgusting buffet over and over. Right, and I'd be, right, I'd be right. done, so man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, but James, this has been great, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Just be on a few weeks and uh, Renfield, man. I'm. That's really cool that you got that. That's a, that's big. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, let's see what's next, man. I was, I was like, maybe someone will, you know. And I was like, man, just keep doing what you're doing. It's gonna come to you. Don't yeah. worry about it. You know, that's a mindset you, know. you have to have because you're not going to change the way you think about it. Isn't going to change anything. Right. Having that carefree <laughs> attitude that you have is what is what yeah. matters. People feel right. that when you talk right. to them. Yeah. Yeah, man. So awesome. Man. I appreciate you having that time for me, man. I appreciate it. James was hilarious. Honestly, I understand people have different things they want to try, you know, and it's cool that he loves drama and he can continue to do it. But man, he'd be, he's a funny guy, funny, funny guy, especially the fact that being funny in a, in a one-on-one interview or with a group of people. But when you get on stage in front of a bunch of people, especially they were doing one karaoke and that was their focus and somebody stops that karaoke and just crushes it. And even in the interview, how funny he is throughout it. And uh, yeah, and his short films, I hope everything you know, gets moving with those because those are stories that I want to hear. So uh, thank you, James. And uh, now your homework, Badasses on the Bayou, Badasses 3. So excited to have Andrew back. It's been way, way too long. He's our action sequel expert. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be ready to uh, talk about some action. <laughs> so don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all so- social media at Sequels Only. And don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night. Good night, guys.